My name is Victoria. I come from Ghanaian parents and grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a painter turned entrepreneur on a mission to empower Black women to step into their genius and make an impact. I have a vision for creative women to feel confident and powerful and let go of all the limiting beliefs holding us back from going all out and showing up. I'm also the founder of the Kindred Creatives Collective, where I host dinners and retreats to hold space for Black women to prioritize self-care, build a tribe, and feel inspired. I want a world where Black women artists are celebrated, valued, and paid more. My goal for this podcast is to help women of color build sustainable and purpose-driven practices. Every week, I'll chat with a boss who's making bold moves in her industry as a creative entrepreneur. After hanging out with us, you'll feel empowered to build your own creative empire. Now let's start the show. In the center of all that hard work, faith, and vision is a big desire. Desire for joy desire to live in alignment, desire to have a life that you love, desire to step up for yourself, for your dreams, and for what you know you deserve. Ask me how I know, sis, I want the same thing. That's why I created the Empowered Creatives Retreat. If you think you can thrive as a creative without taking action, Think again. Join me at my two-week retreat in Ghana. It's a retreat for purpose-driven Black women visual artists, writers, performers, and makers. Have time away in the African diaspora to focus on your art, feel rejuvenated, and inspired. All while making lasting connections and friendships with fellow artists. To sign up for the retreat in July, visit www.kindredcreativesco.org or follow me on the gram at Victoria underscore Y-A-W-A. Meet Naima Thomas, a Black femme born and raised in Chicago. She is a licensed professional counselor, art therapist, and artist. Utilizing art to shift narratives around healing, mental health, and creating spaces where exploration and reimagination are valued. She has worked with a range of people in community, correctional, and nonprofit settings. Naima received her master's in art therapy from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and her bachelor's degree in graphic design from Columbia College Chicago. In this episode, Naima shares about her clinical work and art practice, and she explores the intersection of art and mental health, primarily in BIPOC communities. Hey, Naima, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Love, love, love talking to artists and hearing their stories. So I'm super excited to talk to you specifically because I know your work has a really beautiful and important intersection between mental health and art. 
and your background is really interesting. So I would love to just kind of get into that and how you started. So my first question for you is really more about your journey to become a full-time artist. I know that we, we talked a little bit ago and you mentioned how you're on this new path, starting off working as full-time artist, but still continuing your practice in social work or therapy, I should say. So how do you, um, how did you get here? Ooh, that's such a good question. Also so long, I'll try to be really succinct. <laughs> So I, I know. Uh, yeah, you I start the highlights. Give me the highlight reel. <laughs> I, creative. Um, I did Gallery Thirty Seven in high school, which is now After School Matters. Did that for three years, and then went to Columbia for undergrad. And I studied mm-hmm. graphic. But I initially wanted to go to school to be a teacher because I felt like, oh, I want to support people and help people. But then. I had people that kind of told me like, oh, teachers don't make money. You should go into art. So I went into school for graphic design, um, finished mm-hmm. that. And I kind of just found myself wanting to do more. I felt like, okay, this is cool. I'm okay at it, but I want to do something else. But I just didn't know what, especially because like the professions we get told about are like pretty standard. You have your teacher, yeah. your doctor, um, you go to school, you be a nurse. <laughs> so having any- right incorporated art but also was like supporting people was just not something I was familiar with and so Mm -hmm. kind of fast forward I graduated I probably shouldn't date myself I graduated in like 2005 (laughs) and then it took me a long time I didn't figure out what I really wanted to do until like 2013 and I think it was Mm -hmm. just you have to live a little life try to figure things out you have these jobs you're like man these jobs are not I'm learning this stuff so quickly and it's just not keeping me engaged and I think at at some of those moments I was a data analyst for this agency that like processed rent payments and I was just I found myself like hey but I'm bored I'm not meant to (laughs) work at I was like the same thing every day for the next 30 years seemed just like the worst. So I think I started to think more about what did I like to do? And I started doing some more research and stumbled upon art therapy. And of course I had heard of it before, but didn't have a good understanding. Uh, And so kind of did a little bit of research, had a couple of jobs that I just felt like they were going nowhere. And then finally just decided, okay, I'm going to take some prereqs. And then ended up applying to Adler here in Chicago. And then on a whim, applied to the Art Institute. And ended up getting into both, but decided to ultimately go to the Art Institute because they offered opportunities to go to Africa, which was great. Uh, I got to go to Europe and just mm. ultimately felt like a good fit because the program was arts-based. So that's kind of a quick yeah. step. Yes. So from from my understanding, did you have kind of an art, like, did you have artists around you, like an art influence who kind of like showed you that being an artist was possible? Or did you just always kind of know that this was something that you loved doing? I feel like it was this like innate journey. So I'm the oldest uh, first generation college student. And Mm -hmm. And family that always encouraged it you know you get coloring books crayons art materials but like you never have conversations about 
what profession, you know, uh, what does a professional artist look like? Who are artists? It's just something I've naturally liked. <clears throat> so I didn't really have anyone to like bounce ideas off of. It was just me trying stuff out. Yes. Cool. So I know I met you. We both live in Chicago. So yeah. you came to one of my dinners and that was the first time we were I saw you in person I had been kind of following you online and just looking at your work and just thinking that this person is super dope I want to connect more with her and I think what inspired me is how much your work emphasizes like healing and like self-care and I know just talking about and just like the importance of like being black right (laughs) yes Can you talk more about your work and how your practice as an art therapist aligns? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I, so when I I graduated from undergrad doing graphic design, I still was in a very like strange place. Didn't quite know where I was going, what I was doing and had a lot of like things I needed to heal from, which is why I think it took me so long to finally go back to school. But I think a lot of me just trying to figure things out comes out in my art because I'm, I've never had someone to like show me the way. But like innately, I'm like, okay, how do I make sense of this? Like I've always been artistic. When I was younger, I would draw these like seascapes where nobody was on the island. It was just like bare. But those are like my safe spaces. And at the time I didn't realize like that was my therapy. That was like my way of, holding myself I was doing it innately and so then when I got to grad school I started realizing like oh okay so imposter syndrome is real I didn't fully understand that till I got into for you know education and just feeling like someone was going to figure me out so the thing Mm -hmm. that I most rooted in was like myself and knowing that like as a survivor, as a black woman, as a black kid growing up in Chicago, what do I know? And I know that like, you just have to try. And yes. if you don't get to know. So that that's always been the core of just like trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so would you say that's what's inspiring you to like, what inspires your practice? What inspires you to keep going? Yeah, I would say like knowing that I didn't have a person to talk to. So growing up, I went through a lot of emotional and physical abuse. And I think when it's when it's happening to you, especially in schools, you don't feel like you can share that with your classmates. You feel like nobody's gonna quite understand. They may judge you for it. But I started to feel like, okay, if I could get to a place, and of course, again, lots of like healing, crying, unpacking, looking inward, But like, if I can start to share some of my stories, I start to realize there are other people going through something similar, especially other black women and girls going through something similar. And just like how much you miss someone being able to just see you for all of who you are, no Mm -hmm. matter what you're going through and not have to always carry the shame by yourself. And so I think, I hope that is some of my work. It just innately comes out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. see that. And I think someone once told me that like what you end up teaching or doing is like a, your form of healing. So yeah. like you're processing and you're teaching someone something that you're also like healing or learning yourself and you're just getting like, you're, you know, working through that too. And so yeah. I think that's, that's so powerful that your experience, obviously all our experiences impact who we become, but I love that you're using your experience to then help others and navigate, you know, challenging times and to not feel so alone, especially as a Black woman. You know, we are just dismissed and disregarded all the time. And to have someone who is there for you, wants to, you know, who sees you, who listens to you. I feel like art therapy is super important in that way that you're able to process like what you're feeling. Because I feel like a lot of us just kind of buries it and ignores yeah. it. And yeah. then it comes out in other ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was done with school, like when I got out of high school and then I got out of college, I think I was, what, 21, 22? I felt like very much like, oh, I'm playing catch up. Like everybody is so much ahead, mm -hmm. so far ahead. But then I was just like, okay, I have all these things I need to work through. And you don't, you don't know that at the time, right? You don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. But it comes up in relationships, like how you date people, who you choose to date, uh, the type of jobs you go to apply for, just like how you kind of navigate that world. And I started to, I have some friends that said like, you weren't the easiest person to be around or you could be a little negative. Mm -hmm. And I think face away for a little while um, to really like reassess and to kind of, I don't want to say like make myself be bored. It's not like that, but more so just kind of <laughs> you know, like, like shedding some of this stuff, like, oh, I can make some choices that may be hard, but I'm going to still be a little happier. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That just reminded me how you were just talking about, um, you know, how some people kind of perceive you a certain way and it's really based off of like what you experience. That remind yeah. me of like something I realized a while ago is that I had some really important relationships when I was younger and kind of suddenly and yeah. people who I was just like, you know, like good friends with, like, you know, going to their house all the time, sleepovers, that type of thing. And due to just like changes in who we, we, who we were and some, some one girl moved and just like different things happened to like make the friendships break apart. I found myself at different moments alone a lot yeah. and like not having anyone really around me. I used to like go to the bathroom and just kind of hide during lunch because like I felt like no one understood me. I felt super uncomfortable being around people yeah. and I realized that 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 was from the trauma of like people close to me like leaving yeah. and so I I didn't trust making new friends because I felt like they would hurt me eventually and I I didn't know that back then but like through therapy and just like thinking through some things of my own like baggage and like how I re relate to people yeah. um, I realized how much that has impacted like all my relationships that I have today yeah, definitely. That attachment piece is so core because you don't recognize it, right? You're like, oh, well, this person stopped talking to me. So either that means I'm a bad person or I'm not mm -hmm. worthy. Enough. And then sometimes you have to like gas yourself up and say, well, that's their loss. But then underneath it, you're like, oh, but wait, I feel isolated. I feel by myself. 
it, like sometimes especially working with young black girls and teenagers like I grew up playing video games I was a nerd I didn't really have a lot of like girls that looked like me that wanted to hang out with me so I had my mm-hmm. crew but we were like the outsiders and it was totally fine but you know I, I when I work with especially teenagers now a lot of that is like them unpacking what does it feel like to be that opera black girl mm. <laughs> you know invisible suitcase that we all carry through life and sometimes we don't recognize that we're carrying other people's stuff mm. and then suitcase gets so full it eventually explodes it busts open right and it comes out in harmful ways but then when you can start to address like what is in my suitcase that maybe it served me when I was younger but it no longer serves me now as an adult and I think that that's hard conversations to have because it's hard to look inward and say like okay I'm not being friends with this person because I don't want someone to hurt me that's hard for adults Mm -hmm. I feel like kids can come to that conclusion quicker than we can as adults yeah I love that analogy. Now I see, like, I feel like I'm getting free therapy from you. (laughs) (laughs) You are really good. Can you talk more about your art therapy practice and maybe how people can get in contact with you? I know you have a private practice. Yeah, so I just shifted from working with a nonprofit. And so now I'm at the Chicago Institute for Change working at a group practice. So that is a way that if people are interested, I'm working there Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays. So kind of a limited caseload or a limited schedule so that I can also practice being an artist. And as far as like my art practice, I think for me, I just think about the new clients I started working with this week and I have a lot of adults. And I find myself sharing about my first experience with therapy. Mm. I was 23, maybe 24. And I think that was at that time where I started to feel like, oh, I got this stuff, right? Like I'm feeling sad, but I'm going to work. I have a, like a boyfriend. I have friends. So I, I didn't feel like I could call myself like depressed, mm-hmm. right? Like we see depression, it's, people not showering, not, you know, combing their hair outside. But I felt like there was like this empty, like black hole where my heart was. And so I went to therapy and I didn't know who I was picking or how to pick. I just knew this person took my insurance and she was a white woman. She was Mm -hmm. old LPC. I didn't know what those letters meant because, you know, in black community, it's like, you keep it to yourself. Like if you got stuff happening at home, you keep it to yourself. And so I went and I was telling her just how I like grew up and I wanted this space now in my early twenties to figure things out. And I felt sad, but I wanted some support to figure stuff out. She pulls out the DSM, the whole DSM four. And this is the first session. And she goes that she thinks I'm clinically depressed and that I should consider taking medication. Oh my God. (laughs) person this is my first time interacting with this system I don't fully know how insurance works I don't fully know how to navigate this right because it's my first time doing it by myself right and that was my experience and, and luckily I'm someone who's very strong-willed and I was just like no I don't need that <laughs> I just need mm-hmm. a space to come and I went back for one more session and she kept again saying I think you should consider taking medication and so I, I stopped going. And so my art practice now, I try to let people know I'm no expert. I'm figuring stuff out too. 
and I try to share a little bit about myself while like thinking about the individual but really try to just meet people where they are understand like what it is that they are going through but also like hopefully create a space where you don't feel like therapy is only where you go to talk about sad stuff Mm, yes right because I know therapy can be hard because you're you can be unrooting some really like deep-rooted stuff that's hard to process but I also feel like sometimes I feel energized like yeah people don't talk about that side of therapy affirming it like it could be affirming it could be a place that you celebrate yourself and especially when I work with younger people like in communities of color I'll say you know have you ever found yourself like having friends or family they have a lot of stuff going on and maybe you got straight A's on your report card and you are so excited about that but you go to tell this family member because they have all this stuff going on in their life they're like oh okay nice or maybe Mm -hmm. you and who didn't get straight A's and you want to share that with that person but you don't want to make them feel bad I try to preface it and say, oh, well, therapy can be a space that you can celebrate yourself and you don't have to worry about if that other person, you know, how they're doing. Like I this love is that. celebrate these straight A's or you have wins because life is already really hard. And so mm-hmm. if, you, if you come to therapy for the hard stuff, it's going to be, in my opinion, much more difficult to like acknowledge when you do have progress. Yeah, I agree. And I love that perspective because, yeah, we should be celebrating everything like, you know, our our wins, our challenges. It shouldn't just be one thing because we're so multifaceted that we have so many different yeah. layers as humans. So as women, as people, so especially black women and girls <laughs> yes especially <laughs> the fact that we don't have to be super women for everybody amen exactly yeah. <laughs> I always say like take care of yourself first before even thinking about taking care of someone else because if yeah. you're running on empty you can't help anyone you it's have so- to like yeah. yeah yeah totally I love it Therapy is important for everyone. Please go if you haven't gone. Look up. There's some affordable options right now. People can like work with your with your insurance. Yeah, if you have, and these are things again, like these are that like systems that if you don't have someone in it, it's so hard to navigate. But there are affordable options. There's sliding scale. I know Sister Afia is a great community resource. Um, she's a social worker who has her own private practice who offers sliding scale therapy. I know that there's so many different resources. I believe the Honeycomb Network and Wicker Park is Mm -hmm. those services. So I feel like they're there. It's just harder to access sometimes and harder to kind of get out of that that sense of feeling like, oh, well, I just, I've I've been okay all my life. I'll just keep pushing through. Yeah, I think that that's- Totally. I tried um, Talkspace too, where you just talk to someone like on the phone and that's not, that's not that bad either as far as expenses. So yeah, definitely options. So I love that you're able to combine your passions for graphic design and your work in um, art therapy to really presents who you are and also share with the world like different ways to 
you know, take care of yourself and kind of shine that light back on Black women. So I really appreciate your work and all that you do. And I always love to ask this question because I think it's so interesting, the responses. What, how do you define success? Oh. I know. <laughs> oh, girl. Because I feel like I'm struggling with imposter syndrome all the time. Mm-hmm. Me too, girl. I feel like for me as a Black woman, mid to late 30s, w- growing up in like the, the you know, public housing, mm-hmm. I feel like saying success now is like having the ability to pick my jobs. Mm. Having to say like, hey, I'm going to take a step away from nonprofit and do private practice so I can work three days a week. That is not yes. that at 18 or 12 that that was possible I never thought it could be possible to sell art in this way so I think for me that that those little moments of being able to change those narratives is what I deem as successful I love that because what I hear from that is like freedom for you success equals freedom being able to like decide your schedule decide where you want to work decide what you do And like, that's also one of my values to like, focus on what you love and the rest will come. And I feel like you're living that life, so. Thank you, I appreciate that, that outside perspective, you know, because we, (laughs) and that's a a great way to think about therapy is like, you get an outside perspective because when you're in the thick of it, you know, Mm -hmm. see it. So from the outside, I feel like, okay, I'm just trying. I think I'm doing something. I think it's working, but I'm not quite sure. And then another person comes in and says, you're doing it. You are. Yes. You're not trying. You're doing it. For these affirmations, I appreciate the acknowledgement. Yeah. And like, that's what we need. We need a squad around us who like uplifts us because, you know, sometimes it's hard to see it in ourselves. I know for me, I struggle with that all the time and just doubt. And so when you have someone that's like, I see you, girl, you are doing the damn thing. It's just, we all need that affirmation. And so thank you for providing a space for that because you are doing that as well. Like this is a space to invite people to talk about themselves and also like talk about why it's important to make connections so we appreciate you too thank you I love it so how can people get in contact with you to find your work to find projects that you have coming up yeah so I my website is naimathomasart.com I'm on ig as naima underscore creates that's usually like the easiest places to find me Um, I have an upcoming project that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm not going to share too many details, but I'm I'm really hoping that it, yeah. Yes. Ooh, I'm excited for that to learn more about it later when you're ready. Thank you. And I'm also, I just did this, um, I'm I'm participating with Contexto Shy. They're doing their first cohort of enter or into a black beyond and so it's all black writers coming together from all parts of chicago to write that's how i got that america goddamn piece yes so that might be a great way for you or other creatives to get involved i'm no writer but i really appreciate all the thought going into the program and providing mm-hmm. for black chicagoans to be expressive through writing i saw that on instagram i was like ah! 
I think I shared it, but how did you get involved with that project? Just real quick. <laughs> yeah, Priya Shah um, is the founder of Simple Good. I don't know if you heard of the Simple mm-hmm. Good. So Priya, we ended up working together a few years ago and then I've been involved, you know, a little bit with some Simple Good stuff. She actually sent me the email and encouraged me to apply. And so that's how I found out about it. So I was like, nice. oh, well, who knows? I'm going to apply, see what happens. You see that just trying, like, mm-hmm. I don't really know. Uh, and they got selected. And so just really thankful for that opportunity. Awesome. Well, congrats on that. I was excited when I yeah. saw that. I was like, yay. <laughs> I was so nervous about posting that. So I'm glad you did. I didn't even know that, that was a thing until you posted it. So I was excited to learn more about it. Yay. Yes. So definitely want to learn. It's so easy to talk to you. I could talk to you all day, but thank you for sharing your story and really talking about the importance of therapy for Black people, specifically Black women. Um, I think it's really important. So thank you so much and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. See you next week, same day, same time. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And send me a comment if you really like this one. And remember to uplift and support another woman creative today. Always remember to embrace your creative genius.